Hey guys, uh, this is the first episode of a uh, podcast I'm trying out. I don't exactly know what it's going to be called. Probably something about talking or uh, something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. But um, a little intro to the uh, topic of today and uh, just myself and what I'm planning on doing with this podcast. So my name is Jonas Subcheck. I am a uh, U of M student currently a uh, freshman planning or majoring in um, FTVM, Film, Television, and Media Studies. Uh, this is my try at a podcast. The idea of it, I'm sorry, it's not all going to be about um, my uh, Michael and his uh, marathon running. Um, I This started out as an idea to humanize role models and... Um, my great friend, Michael Graff, is the person I have on today. He, is, he first started running earlier in his life. Um, you'll learn more about that later. But he's run two marathons so far, one when he was 18 and one when he was 19. And I think that's very fascinating, especially since I... 26.2 miles is a lot. <laughs> and uh, I can barely find the energy to, you know, to get one down. So uh, seeing kind of where he came from and how to do it, as well as just some tips if you're looking to get into running and stuff like that. Um, but the main idea is to show you that even though he is a marathon runner at 18, he is still just a college student, you know, like a lot of us have been, and he's just a, a teenager. He's a really great guy, really awesome work ethic. Um, I really appreciate him coming on. Um, and it's, uh, I think it'll be a great start to, uh, what I have planned for this. So yeah, without further ado, um, let's get into the podcast. Say hi to Mike. student at U of M. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Jonah. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, I'm real excited. So. That's great. That's awesome. I guess let's get into it. What do you got for me? Absolutely. So I hope you don't mind. I'm going to kind of cut pretty deep early. Um, okay. I just have a little precursor question. Um, and if this is too personal, I wouldn't mind if you were like, you know, I, I can't answer that. But uh, if you were to be one type of dessert, what would you be? Man. Uh, Any dessert in the, like anything that could be considered a dessert. This is going to be, I mean, like you said, really deep question here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It I guess I will. Early, you know. I'll, I'll be really open with you guys. Um, I would have to be chocolate chip cookie just because that is my absolute go-to favorite dessert, mm. snack, treat. I love it, you know. Or just raw cookie dough. One of the two. Which is <laughs> <laughs> raw cookie Yeah, dough. seriously. Me and my younger sister, we make cookies all, not all the time, but, you know, whenever I'm home, maybe... Just whenever we feel like it, we'll make cookies. And uh, mm. the best part is just eating the raw cookie dough. You know, oh, we yeah. probably lose about half about. of the materials there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good times, good times. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, so now getting a little bit more into it, uh, tell me about yourself. But not as a, a job interview. I don't want you to feel like you have to, you know, list off the things you did. Like, how do you, how do you view yourself, Mike? 
how do I view myself? Mm. Man, okay. Um, I view myself as just a person trying to make it day by day, week by week, you know. Uh, I see myself as a guy who makes a lot of mistakes, but I learn from them, and I just keep going and just try to do the best I can, you know. Try to treat others with respect and, uh, yeah, you know, just keep going throughout the day. Be a good person. I, I like to think I'm a halfway decent person, you know, <laughs> deep down. So. I, I think you are, Mike. Um, so, as in, uh, now we can get into more of the, the formal details about your life. So, where are you, like, obviously you're both students at U of M, so, like, mm -hmm. what are you studying? Um what got you interested in that subject, stuff about that. So right now I'm currently studying a chemistry on a pre-med path. And so I'm studying chemistry because when I was in high school, I mean, you, you, we had the same high school teacher, Jonah and I, for chemistry. And I just, I really liked him. I liked the way he taught the class. And I think he really inspired me just to get interested in the subject of chemistry. So that's why I'm studying chemistry and the pre-med path because I hope to go to med school later on and uh, yeah, I wanna become either a doctor or a surgeon because I like working with my hands and I like trying to help people. So I feel like that's just a good way to be on my feet, work with my hands, do something new, you know, more or less every other day, talk to people, interact with people and, you know, help them out. So I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it. Great, that's awesome. Um, when did you figure out you wanted to become a, a doctor or surgeon? Was there like a big moment for you or was it kind of just something you realized fit your personality best? All right, uh, let's see, we're gonna get kind of deep here. Not, I don't think I've ever really told anyone this story here, okay? So this is the wow. first, yeah. This is exclusive information so, audience here. You should be privileged. Yeah, you now, privileged. you know when you're a kid and you have all these crazy irrational fears? Well, my irrational fear was that I was gonna die. I don't know, if I got sick, I thought I was gonna die, right? Mm. I hit my head on something, right? You know, outside playing, whatever, knock your head around. It's like, I have internal bleeding. I'm going to die, right? You know, stupid over-the-top stuff, right? You know, just I, mm. I was a delusional five-year-old, right? You know, right, yeah. who cares? Afraid of death, right? And uh, anyways, my parents just kept telling me, oh, whatever. When you grow up, you're going to realize this is also stupid. And they always were like, oh, you'd make a great doctor, I bet, when you grow up, right? Mm. And so whatever, that was always in the back of my mind. Then come middle school, it's like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you know me. I'm playing hockey. I'm going to be a professional hockey player. Let's go, yeah. Red Wings. Mm -hmm. uh, Could you um, uh, speak a little bit less loud, please? Less loud. I'm sorry. I've been yeah. told that before. Uh, <laughs> it's no problem. I, I get excited directly yeah, yeah, into the mic. Me. I get excited, and uh, my voice raises up. Trust me. Ask my family about that. So it's middle no school, I was like, oh, I kind of want to be a hockey player, right? You know, mm -hmm. That's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But, you know, you got to be realistic here. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe an architect because I went to this, it was called industrial technologies classes back at my middle, middle school. And mm -hmm. we did this whole architecture unit. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So early on in high school, I thought, oh, uh, maybe an architect, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, throughout high school, I just, I really started to enjoy the sciences. And again, just, I really figured out that what makes me happy is helping others. And I find purpose and meaning behind that. So I just kind of, and then that lingering thought of back when I was a kid, my parents always told me, oh, I bet you'd make a great doctor. You're going to end up as a doctor one day. Trust me, I'm sure of it. Watch this, right? 
And so, yeah, I guess that just kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, maybe I should uh, look into this med stuff a bit more. Mm. Then come junior year, I was like, yeah, let's just try to – because that's when college applications start coming out. You got to start yeah. preparing for all that. And uh, Don't you mean end of senior year? For me, it was pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, I was just like, well, we'll try this med thing. And I've uh, been kind of going on that since junior year in high school. Great. That's awesome. Yep. Give it three, four more years and I'll change my mind. I'll be, uh, you know, a math teacher or something. We'll see. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, my, um, my doctor, he was actually, he was on track to be an architect. And then it was like some three years into his schooling. He's like, I want to be a doctor. Wow. You know? Yeah. And you know, like, cause pre-med and med school, that's like a huge commitment. So to go through three years and then commit to another, like seven mm-hmm. years after in a completely different new new path yeah i mean he probably already declared for his major and all that you know mm-hmm. wow. yeah yeah i'm sure <clears throat> but uh that's actually that's really interesting i think the fact that like as a kid you were paranoid of um disease or like death mm-hmm. have you you've seen parks and rec right yes of course yeah you know chris traeger yeah yeah yeah, 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 Rob yeah. Lowe? Uh-huh. he has literally that exact same thing yeah and i think it's really funny because he's really into fitness and now we can get more into the the beef of the podcast, which is you running. Mm-hmm. So both of you, the character had this fear of death and disease, and he was a very athletic guy in the show, and then you had that exact same thing. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, yeah. Do you think your running kind of connects to that? No, no, not at all, actually. No, okay. Um, I will tell you the story. Uh, do you want me to talk about how I got into running or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's the first question. So why and when did you start running? So I'm sure everybody did this, at least in the United States at least. Um, so in elementary school, you know, you have gym class or whatever. You know, just kids go out once or twice a week for gym class. I don't know how it was for you. For me, we had gym class once or twice a week. Yeah, We'd go out so. maybe three times a week. I don't know. And that's in elementary school. Middle school is like four times a week. But uh, part of it was, you know, once a month, once every two months or whatever, we'd have to do the mile, right? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I was bad at the mile. You know, <laughs> really? So, yeah, I was like mid-pack, you know, which I guess isn't bad, but, you know, it's like I, I was mid-pack. I hated it. Mm-hmm. One time I told my mom I was sick so I could skip school that day. Classic. Yeah, they Classic. told me, all right, guys, <laughs> we're going to do the mile on Wednesday, and then Thursday we're going to play a really fun game. Right? I was like, oh, I like the game. Well, whatever. I'll tell my mom I'm sick on Wednesday and I'll just go to school Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I get to school on Thursday and come to find out the teacher changed the plan and she was like, oh, let's play the game on Wednesday and run the mile on Thursday, right? So mm-hmm. I end up having to run the mile anyways. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So yeah, lesson learned there. Don't mm-hmm. try to skip school for that. Yeah. So anyways, I always hated it, right? I hated it, and then... Oh, me too. But come fifth grade, I actually started doing pretty good, and I was, you know, probably one of the top five fastest people in my school. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me how or why. It wasn't like I was practicing, but I guess just being outside every day during recess, running around playing tag, you know, you get used to it. Mm -hmm. So I was doing pretty good, but I still hated it. Come middle school... Uh, okay... Yeah, come middle school, I went to this middle school out in California. It's called JLS, uh, Jane Lanthrop Stanford Middle School. And what they would do is 
for gym class, you had it four times a week. And then depending on your teacher, you, you would run it, you know, the mile, different amounts of times throughout the month, throughout the year. It, but one of the things that they would do is if you run a mile in under seven minutes, you would get a special shirt to wear that said like sub seven mile. And you could Damn, wear that during okay. gym class. And then if you ran it under six minutes, you got a sub six shirt, right? And so me being the, I don't know, th that sort of thing really gets me going. These free shirts. Free shirts and yeah, awards. Course, and I, you know, cool <laughs> flex. The girls will love me if I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in middle school. What, what do you expect? I'm like, the girls will love me if I have this sub six shirt on, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal was to get sub six. And again, I still hated running though. But so I would really try in these miles. And in sixth grade, I, I got the sub seven shirt, right? I was one of the first kids in my grade to do it. Nice. So nice. yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, I just was like, all right, this is good. This is good. But we didn't run the mile all that much in sixth grade. Then mm -hmm. come seventh grade, I had to run the mile every week, once a week. Yeah, Mr. Oh DiMichi. Shout out to Mr. DiMichi. I really loved him. He was awesome. I would have hated a uh, <laughs> mile a week. That's yeah. No, he cool. was a big hockey fan, and, you know, so was I in middle school. And so uh, we would so always make yeah. bets on, like, Red Wings games and Sharks games and all that because, you know, from California, San Jose Sharks. But my family's from Michigan, so I was like, oh, uh, let's go. Red Wings and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. What'd you guys bet? Like, cigs or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, right, you know? So. You had an A in the class at the Wings winning? No, I, I would bet if I would have to run an extra mile. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, I would. But if I won, Damn. if I won, then I would get to wear my Red Wings shirt to class instead of, you know, the gym shirt that we had to wear. Oh, okay. Yeah, the gym uniform. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was like uh, when the Sharks and Red Wings played in the playoffs or whatever, you know, I uh, one day I won. I won a couple days and he won a couple days. So it was like, yep, I would have to go run extra laps or... You know, just uh, I could wear my shirt and run. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I never broke sub six in uh, seventh grade. But then come eighth grade, I ended up breaking sub six just one day. Yeah, so that was pretty good. And I got the coveted sub six shirt again. First one in my grade to do Ooh, so. So nice. again, ladies were loving that. <laughs> Not really. That's um, just crawling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were not, but uh, I liked it, you know. And also, I know I, I'm, I'm just rambling here. I'm sorry about that, but I, I love talking about this, that's, stuff. this is the, That's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, feel free. All right, so in middle school, sometimes we would have to do what's called a dog run. And it was basically you had to run for at least 20 minutes or just the whole class period, right? And you just run and you see how many laps you could do around this big half-mile field, right? Mm -hmm. The field was just like a half-mile long. The perimeter was a half-mile long, and so we would just run around the perimeter laps and laps and laps. And it was 20, 30 minutes, and after that, you could stop. But in eighth grade, I just I chose to keep going, and I was like, man, you know what? I actually kind of enjoy running. I don't hate it, you know? It's mm -hmm. not horrible. And so I would just, whenever we did a dog run, I would just do it for the whole period. And, uh, yeah. How long was the period? The, the 20 minutes, or? No, it's like... 50 minutes. 50 minutes? Well, what, so what did only... they do? Like, you're just running for 50 minutes. What did they do after uh, the 20? They just went and played basketball or something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know. And so, 
And I wasn't the only one who kept running on the field. Let me make that clear. You know, I wasn't the only tryhard there. There were other tryhards. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I was the best tryhard. <laughs> not really, not really. But uh, um, yeah. So me and a few other people would just run and run and run. And so in eighth grade, I was kind of like, oh, I kind of enjoy this, you know. But whatever. I also mm. kind of hate it. So it's whatever. Yeah. And so, um. Did you ever, like, do you remember your, like, highest amount that you got after the whole period? Oh, no, no. Yeah, okay. I, I couldn't tell you, you how many laps I got. You didn't, not even a ballpark? No. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I've. That's yeah. no problem. Probably, like, uh, 30 laps. <laughs> on, was that 15 miles? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, and so my mom always told me, you should run cross country in middle school. I was like, cross country in middle school? No way, man. I already run during P.E., I got my uh, my sub six my sub six shirt. That's enough, you know. Yeah, you already you won you won running the exactly. sub six. Exactly, that's the, yeah. the prize. Five forty eight was my best time. That in, was in eighth grade. In eighth grade, and I mean, to some that seems really good, and then to, I'm sure there are people out there listening who are like, "Bro, I was running a five oh two in eighth grade. Get on my level, right?" Because you know there are people who are that talented and that good, and that's fine. But five forty eight was good for me. And that was the first, like, the first time mm. I went sub six, it was 548 in 8th mm. grade. Wow, and so you, like, crushed sub six. Yeah, like exactly. Were, yeah. And then I never got back down to that again in 8th grade. It was, like, you know, 552, oh, okay. 556, something like that. Like, sub six, but it wasn't 48. Mm. So I was like, yeah, no, whatever. Um, I don't want to do cross country in middle school. That's, who does that? You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And then... So you know some of the story. I, I relocated from California to Michigan because that's where my parents were originally from, and I kind of hinted at that earlier. Mm-hmm. And so after eighth grade, I moved to Michigan, and I went to a new high school, right? Didn't have any friends, didn't know anyone. And so I was in gym class just talking with people, and they were like, hey, you should just come out for cross country. And I was like, that's a lot of running and all this stuff, right? But, mm-hmm. you know... I went home and I was like, yeah, you know, it's a good way to make friends. And I told my dad, I was like, yeah, no, go out, go run cross country. You're going to love it. You're going to be great. I was like, eh, all right, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> it was actually Wyatt, you know, Wyatt. Wyatt? Yeah, he was oh, the one okay. in uh, freshman year who was like, hey, man, you really got to come out. Come on, man, come out. It'll be a lot of fun. Dang, okay. Yeah, so Didn't he quit after like the first year or something? Or no, like... no, I was like, uh, junior year, I don't think he came back out. Okay. He, he did football instead. Okay, I see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he actually kind of convinced me to come out. And I went out. My very first practice, uh, you know, I met the coach. Great guy. Um, met some of the fellow runners, you know. Was that the coach I had? Yeah. <laughs> some might disagree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, he was a good guy. And, uh Basically, what we had to do for my very first practice, right? These guys had already been trained together over the summer, so they were in much better shape than me. Is uh, we had to run two miles in the backfield, the backfield of you know the high school. Right. Yeah. That's like uh, where all the football fields and soccer fields were like behind the school, and there was like in this fenced-in area, and so we just run like around that pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just paint a picture for like viewers. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Two laps is about a mile, so we'd do four laps. I was running, and Coach Cools was actually running with us, too, and uh, I went out 
pretty fast and she was like hey be careful don't run out too fast and i was like oh no that's fine i'll be good i know what i'm doing but I come lap three, you know, I dad walk <laughs> maybe a quarter mile. <laughs> and then I got back into it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so that sums up how first practice went. And uh, But I stuck with it, and I don't know, it's just something that I kind of fell in love with. How, how well did you do in that first two mile? I mean, what did I, I – I got around 14-something, which, you know, was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty solid. good. Especially because I had to sure. walk some of it, too. Mm. Um, yeah, but so, I don't know, just times ended up dropping and dropping, put the work in, you know, made friends, mm-hmm. a lot of no, friends. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, uh, I think we can delve a little bit deeper. How was it um, coming from California to Michigan? Like, especially, that's such a drastic climate, both like, kind of politically and just weather, you know? So, like, uh, what what do you think was, like, the hardest part coming here from that? Um, Weather you get used to, right? You know, snow. I actually really loved my first winter here. That was wow. amazing because I'd never really seen snow. I saw snow once before, mm. but when I saw it, it was, like, fake snow. It was, like, 70 degrees out, sunny. I was in Tahoe skiing, right? I wanted to take my winter jacket off, go short sleeves, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that doesn't count. That's not snow, right? Oh, that's not snow. That's not Michigan snow for exactly. sure. Exactly. So coming here, weather was a bit different. I loved it. I was like, man, I love it. This is awesome. It's snow. Go outside, play in it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I would say the hardest part is the culture. In And I'm not talking about politically, you know. I'm just saying out in California – there's a mentality of if you're going to do something, go out and do it, and you always need to be doing something productive. I feel in Michigan, I don't know, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just how I viewed it. But uh, I feel like Michigan is just more or less like, hey, laid back. You know, I wish this would change, but I'm not really going to do anything to change it. Hmm. Where in California, it's like, hey, I want this changed. All right, let's get the gears moving, let's keep moving. And I've actually heard other people say that too, like mm-hmm. who I've met through here who have moved from California to Michigan or just some other place from Michigan, and they're like, yeah, no, it's a lot different. People are more laid back. Uh, yeah, you know, even the drinking culture out here is a lot different than it is in California. And Ooh, why is that? So, I don't know. I feel people drink a lot more here in Michigan than they do in California. Then again, mm-hmm. I mean, I... I Moved from California when I was eighth grade. We weren't drinking. In eighth. No one was doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I still don't drink. I'm 19. I had to think about that first. I'm 19. I don't drink. Just because, mm-hmm. again, that's not something that I was really raised to do or, you know, really saw other people doing when I was growing up. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a big culture shock. You'll hear that word thrown around there. But, you know, you get used to it. You, uh... You learn to just keep what you believe and do what you think is best. I never really, I never uh, thought about that. Like the, um, with like going for your goals and stuff and you want to do something, do it. Like, I don't know. I thought it was just like my family and how I was raised, but it seemed much more um, like do this and this is kind of, this will help you get what, is like good in life, you know? Like pick a, a good stable job to get and you wanna to go to college, you wanna get good grades and all that stuff. And it was more mentality of 
like, you know, you're just growing up, you're not gonna, you don't really see the value of doing all these things, but it's gonna pay off in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think, personally, that like Californian view of like going out and achieving your goals, like that's, that sounds really sweet to me. Um, I might be like biased towards it, but I don't think one is like better than the other. I think it's, seems more personal, mm-hmm. at least from what yeah, you yeah, told yeah. me, yeah. Hey guys, just to clear something up really quick. Neither Mike nor me believe that Californians are better than Michiganders. I don't think that's what comes across in this segment, but I feel like some people may construe it that way. So just to kind of clear something up, we we do not believe that there's anything particularly wrong with, you know, people who are from Michigan. Both of us are at least part Michigan. Me, I was born and raised. So, um, yeah, just to throw that in there. And we'll get back to the show. Um, so we want to circle back to running. When did you realize you wanted to run a marathon? So, because that's a that's a big jump. Like cross yeah, country, yeah, that's yeah, like five yeah. k's, which is like three point three point one miles, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, three point one for a five. Yeah, k. to twenty six point two, right? Is a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So where where did that jump happen? So basically, the first time I was really exposed to a marathon was when I was in fifth grade. My teacher. Yeah, my fifth grade teacher was like, oh, I'm trained for a marathon, yeah, yada, yada, yeah. It's 26.2 miles. I was like, whoa, how far you got to run? I can't run one mile out here in the, uh, you know, outside for gym class, and you're doing 26.2? That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And she ran it, and she missed the next day of school because, you know, she couldn't walk. Just so oh sore and tight, right? You know? Yeah, so yeah, I, was like, I can wow, see this Marathon's intense, you know? I'd love to do that someday just to, you know, say I did it, but I don't know, I don't know. What grade is this in? That was fifth grade. That's right? fifth grade. And that's oh, when I hated okay. running. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of mm. cool, but still. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> so I don't know. In high school, I, you know, after doing cross country and all that, because you run half marathons every other weekend, you know, to train or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, if you want to, <laughs> if, uh, if you do what they tell you. <laughs> I was in cross country for, I think it was just a year that I was in it. But uh, I... I did run sometimes on the weekend, but it was just, you know, it was really difficult. Because I didn't, I didn't really like running that much. But, yeah. yeah, they did tell us to, especially it was like, because I was a beginner and Mike was one of the, I joined as a sophomore and he'd been, you'd been running for three years at that point. Yeah. So you were told to run like 10 miles. And they were just like, okay, just run four to me. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. And then you're like, I want to go 12. Yeah. And it was great. But, um, yeah, so keep going. Yeah, and so that was always in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, so come high school after doing lacrosse country, you know, we run far for practice. It was like, oh, well, on my bucket list, you know, I kind of want to run a marathon, you know, bucket list thing. Let's do this. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, like I said, senior year, every weekend it seemed like we were doing, you know, Mitch, Dylan, and I, we were doing 12 to 14 miles, you know, just in, in one go. Just like on a Saturday or it was, it would be a Sunday after the meet. We'd do 12 to 14 miles. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, whatever. I can do a half marathon pretty easily. You know, we just, we do that for fun. Pretty easily. And, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> for fun. It's like, yeah, maybe, I could definitely do a marathon sometime in my life. Mm-hmm. Then after senior year, um, I was running over the summer one day. And I don't know if it was a bit of a runner's high. You know, that's sort of a good feeling. But I was like, hey, you know what? I'm in halfway decent shape coming out of track season. 
I don't know how much I'm going to be able to run in these next couple of years or if I'm going to want to run as much, you know. So maybe I should do this marathon now while I'm still in pretty good shape. I can keep mm-hmm. this going and uh, we'll just see how it goes. So um, I signed up for the marathon that day. <laughs> I got home, signed up for the Detroit Free Press Marathon. This is, you know, June, July. Marathon's happening in October. So I was like, I got plenty of time to just kind of stay in shape, maybe build up my endurance, and we'll see how it goes. And so, yeah, it's just kind of how, why I decided to do marathon. Interesting. So what was the, uh, outside of a marathon, what's the longest you've ever run? Uh, As in like for, I guess like training, you ever just one day like run 19 miles and you're like, oh shit, I didn't even realize I ran 19 miles. So I'm, I need a bit more, I guess, specific time frame on this question. Like sure, when I was sure. training for the marathon or before the marathon? Before you were training before for the marathon. Before I was training. Yeah. I did 15 or 16, definitely 15 one day. That okay. was a sophomore, junior year in high mm-hmm. school. I did 15, definitely. I don't think I did 16 in high school. I think it was only okay. 15 I did. Well, yeah. that's still, that's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because no, like, it. I'll take it. Yeah. You, you think about like 15 miles and that's, that's like ridiculous, you know, that's more, it's like 20, more than 20 K, 20 kilometers. And like, even that is 10 less, more than 10 miles less than an actual mm-hmm. marathon. So yeah. that's still such a huge jump. Uh, what was preparation like? Training, food, um, for the first like marathon. That. Yeah, for the first marathon. All right. Yeah, I should preface. Uh, since then, I've done two. So right. We'll, yeah, we'll probably yeah. get to that later on. Mm-hmm. So for the first one, I mean, I had just come here to U of M. You know, eating dining hall food, um, training. I my schedule. I got very lucky first semester freshman year. It was a pretty low key schedule in regards to homework and workload. Mm-hmm. And so I could put a lot of time into training. And I joined the running club here. Shout out to Emron. Love those people. You know, they're great. Um, mm-hmm. Great club. Fortunately, I haven't been able to make it out so much this year to that. I mean, you know, we'll talk about that later on, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But so I was training with them a lot. And then I would go and do long runs on Wednesday because Wednesdays, again, this is my light workload schedule that I miss so much. Um, I had one class from 8 to 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Ooh, so wow. I would finish up class, come home, take a nap. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. You got to. You it's got 9 a.m. I wasn't ready to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would eat, relax for a little bit, do some homework, and just go for a long run. And the longest run I did training-wise was 20 miles. 20 miles? Yeah. And wow. so I would have to make the jump from 20 to 26.2. And we'll see how that goes, right? You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I did a lot of running. I was running five or six times a week, you know, like I was doing in high school, but really up in the mileage. Not as much as what I should have been doing, but you know, it was working, and I had a good mix between halfway decent speed and pretty good endurance. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, no, that first marathon went really well. Uh, as regards to nutrition, again, I was just eating tater tots and uh, chocolate milk every day in the dining hall, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it was uh, subpar, I would say. Wow, okay. But, uh, yeah, 
that's pretty much training leading up to the first one. All right. Um, what about like the night before? Because isn't the idea is to like carb load, right? Mm-hmm. So do you just have like a mountain of just pasta or something like that? So um, I'm going to actually start two days before the marathon. So two days before the marathon, you start eating, just you drink so much water and so much. I drink Powerade for my electrolytes, you know, Gatorade, Powerade. Mm-hmm. You just chug all that down. You're going to the bathroom every hour, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm eating carbs two days before. And the last thing, so now we're in the day before the marathon. The last thing that I will eat that is not carbs comes around like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you know, some sort of protein, fiber. That has to do with um, just I don't want to have to go to the bathroom during the race, and protein and fiber will run through your system. At right. The okay. So I was told. Yeah, my mm-hmm. uh, cross-country coach from high school, Coach Gal, he really helped me out with preparing for my nutrition and hydration plan and just what to do. And so, yeah, I think that really helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. And then after 2 p.m., 3 p.m., you eat only carbs. So I was eating only mac and cheese. And the cheese was okay. I know it's not necessarily a carb, but I asked him about it, and my coach was like, yeah, no, you'll be okay with cheese, but don't eat, like, meat, vegetables, that sort of thing. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Nice. Um, was training, like, radically, radically different for your second marathon, or was it kind of similar? Did you learn something? Um. So, unfortunately, I have been pretty swamped this semester, so I was not able to do as much training as I had liked, Mm -hmm. but one thing that I really tried to put an emphasis on was mileage. So, if you remember, I said for the first marathon, I went up to 20 miles. The second marathon, my longest run was 22 miles because I was like, okay, I only have to make a jump of four miles versus six. Mm -hmm. But I had known that my speed was not nearly as where it was. Like I said, I just, I didn't have enough time with classes and work and all that. Yeah, yeah. So pre-med track, that's yeah, very understandable. So I didn't have enough time to really go put in and so I made up for that lack of time by just really trying to pump up my endurance making sure that I was doing a lot more long runs or longer runs than I had done before and really trying to just push my endurance because I knew that that would be a factor come you know race day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um so we talked about how you got to this point we talked about training for the marathon why you wanted to do a marathon now Let's start starting from the beginning to where you you cross that finish line. Was there like a checkered flag or something? That'll be cool imagery. Um. Okay. So it's not necessarily a checkered flag, but you know, you, they got the thing on the ground and it's a big. You got metal scaffolding up mm. and you know and big metal not... scaffolding up. Okay. Yeah, it says finish. I mean, it's really hype. I'll go into more detail about mm. all that. Yeah. So like uh, from the beginning to the seeing that big sign and just going right under it. Okay. Like, take us through that. That whole, so, whole thing. I'm going to talk about the first marathon that I did in specific here because okay. I like that more than my second one. I hope we get a chance to touch on this and, and how, like, how the second marathon went with the lack of training that I did, right, and what maybe you guys can get from that. Um, so the first marathon, I felt good. You know, it's the morning of. I have no idea what to expect, right, which for me is good because that means my nerves aren't going. I'm relaxed. I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Jonah knows this, but when I run in high school track, I kind of took a liking to wearing sunglasses when I run. You know, they're aviator sunglasses. The aviators, yeah. I wear them. It helps me relax. It's my teddy bear, right? You know, mm-hmm. it just reminds me just relax, have fun. So I had those with me. And anyways, the race starts at 7 a.m. in the morning in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So 7 a.m. 7 a.m. I woke up at like 4... When did I wake up? Yeah, I woke up at like 4.30, 4.45. Holy shit. Got my stuff together, ate more carbs, drank a bunch of water, Gatorade, Powerade. Um, got my stuff together because I had... I'm car- I have a little pouch on me for the marathon. Mm-hmm. It's got some electrolyte salts, some Cliff Chewy gummy things, and some goo gel things. You remember the goo gel things? I think I do, actually. Yeah, okay. dude, those things are so good. I didn't yeah. even eat them for, like, <laughs> the energy. I, was like, I know. I had one the other day before my exam. Just, all right, let's go. Because <laughs> it's got caffeine. Help you concentrate. But, mm-hmm. uh, so I got all that together. I got my bib. Um... Bib is like the sign that they have uh, on runners. You put it on like your leg, your your stomach, chest. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That area. Uh huh. Yeah. Keep has the number. Helps you keep track of time, right? Yeah. People. So it's got a. Mo- I mean, these ones do. They have a chip on them, just you know, oh, taped okay. on the back, basically. And mm-hmm. you know, when you hit a checkpoint, it reads the chip, and it's like, oh, hey, he's here, he's here. Oh, you cross the finish line. Okay, I see. So, um, I have that. I'm getting all set. You know, my parents drive me out there. I, uh, it's freezing cold. <laughs> like, freezing cold. Out yeah, there. yeah. This is in October? October 21st, you Michigan? know, 2018. Yeah, yeah 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. And, uh, so I go out. Most important thing, I got my sunglasses with me. They're not on yet, because I also won't be able to see. It's 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah. It's black. Um, and... I check in my gear, you know, I kind of take off some some of the heavier clothes that I was wearing, my sweatpants and my hoodie, and I'm basically left with a long sleeve shirt and my short shorts for running, mm-hmm. and I got the bib on my short shorts, mm-hmm. because um, you need the bib on you at all times, Right. because yeah. for those of you who, and you need it visible, is the most important thing. For those of you who don't know, when you run the Detroit Free Press Marathon, you actually run into Canada and come back. And so having the bib on was like, hey, okay, we already checked his passport and stuff, you know, the day before when he picked up his bib, and right. they can cross the border and come back. Right, yeah, that's an interesting interesting thing about it. Yeah, yeah. and if they can't see you, they will stop you, and they will, like, interrogate you or something at, mm-hmm. at the border. No, for sure, yeah. So I put on my shorts in case I wanted to take my shirt off. If it got too hot, I got too sweaty or something, mm-hmm. I could strip off, take my shirt off. And, uh, you know, it'd still be on me. I wouldn't have to hassle with it. So it's on my right, shorts. Right. Um, so I get to the start line. You know, we're sitting there getting amped up. They got, you know, 20,000 people at the start line. Not everyone's doing the marathon because there's the marathon, the international half marathon, and the national half marathon. And then I don't know if the 5K was also being held then and there mm-hmm. too. Interesting fact, I actually, another one of my friends, I think it was either her or her mom ran the half marathon mm-hmm. for okay. the, the free press. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the, the, they were probably there, too. Right, right. Everyone's there. Mm-hmm. And so, at this point, my nerves start kind of kicking in. I'm like, oh, man, you know, this, this is going to be rough. Let's just try to do good. You've practiced hard. 
Three thirty is the goal time. That's eight minute miles. You know, you'll be good. You'll be set. Eight. Oh my God. Eight minute miles for twenty six miles. Yeah, and that gets you around to three thirty, right? Wow, that's yeah, three hours. Oh and my three God. Minutes. I don't even know what's the the goal is like. The the thing that people are trying to be is like sub two hour. Yeah, marathon, they did right? just the other day. Are you serious? Two they weekends beat? ago. The weekend before my marathon, they beat it. I was real salty about that. I mean, you know me. I was going to try to break that the next week. Yeah, you were going to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After that point, I was like, eh, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> I just took that over three. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, they just broke it. I'm going to totally botch the guy's name. It's like Elliot Kopchek. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's a Kenyan runner. I follow mm. him again. I'm sorry. I probably botched his name. It's, you know? yeah. So all the fans out there are going to be yelling at me for that. <laughs> um, so we're at the start line. My nerves are kind of taking over me, but we do the Canadian National Anthem and the United States National Anthem. We have people out there, you know, saying a bunch of stuff. Yeah, all right, let's go. Let's get hype. And then, and then, John, this is when I knew everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They, stay, they start playing Lose Yourself, which, you know, that's a, it's a favorite of mine, favorite of the cross-country track team, especially the mom's sp- spaghetti version. <laughs> Do you remember that? The mom, dude, of course, man. Yeah. <laughs> I so, always listen to that. Again, I was like, all right, you know, everything's going to be all right. You know, I cross over the start line with a, you know, Lose Yourself playing by Eminem. And so I'm like, all right, Excellent, I got this. Yeah. And so my goal is eight flat per mile. And my coach had told me, I know you from high school. You're going to want to go out fast. Do not get amped up and go out too fast. That's going to hurt too much, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm checking my watch. I have an Apple watch, and so it has my GPS and all that. I'm checking my pace, and it's like, you're going at 740 pace. I'm like, 7 minutes and 40 seconds per mile. I should clarify that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to get this under control. I feel great, right? But obviously you feel great in the first quarter. Oh, mile yeah. <laughs> the first mile. And yeah. I've fallen into this trap too many times before in high school in the 5K. You know, ah, feel great. I can go, you know, five minutes per mile. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I kind of ignored my watch, ignored everything. And I was like, all right, let's just keep 740 pace for now. And we'll see how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's so hype at the start. You got a bunch of people there. And then within the first mile, it kind of dies down, crowd-wise at least. You're still like in a big cluster of people, right? And so that's kind of fun. You have everyone around you. Some people are talking. Some people are, you know, falling off. Some people are passing you. It's whatever. Run your own race. Absolutely, yeah. And so within the first three miles, you start going over the Ambassador Bridge into Canada. And that is amazing because you – as you're going over the bridge, the sun is rising, and you can see it rise, and you're running over the Detroit River, and yeah, so it's going pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I'm around, again, 740, maybe 730 pace going over this bridge, right? So I'm like, whatever, we'll try to... 740, 730? Yeah, we'll deal with the, the pace later. We'll get it under, under control later, coming yeah. down the bridge. <laughs> and so I cross over into Canada, it's around mile four... Um, in Canada, there's a lot of downhill. And so I just pick up the pace instead of slowing up. Like oh, I should. Boy. Okay. <laughs> right. And so I'm drinking water, Gatorade at every station I can. You just kind of take it. You go while you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going, going, going. And, uh, basically you run into Canada 
until mile eight and you come back through the tunnel. I don't know what it's called, but basically it's just a car, a, a tunnel that goes under the Detroit river, you know, two lane mm-hmm. road basically. Yeah. And cars will drive under it. They got it all shut off obviously. Mm-hmm. And you just take that. And I was told that the tunnel is going to be one of the worst parts because it just gets very hot. Oh, well, yeah. thankfully for me, cause I had gone out way too fast. I was in the earlier groups to go through the tunnel, right? And so it wasn't mm-hmm. too hot. Okay. The only time I felt it was right before I got out of the tunnel was like, hey, I, I feel Steaming the heat up. now. Yeah. But like I said, it's all downhill for half of the tunnel, all downhill in Canada. So I pick, I just kind of rode with the downhill. My pace picked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, come out of the tunnel. You're back in the United States. Uh, this is when you enter Detroit again and... Again, that's really hype. You got people cheering for you. You got music playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're running through downtown Detroit. Around that half marathon marker, the half marathon people split off and they go finish, right? Mm-hmm. And then you keep going. And you have to go a separate route than them. But like I said, everyone's everyone's cheering. The energy is so hype. It's, just, it's crazy. So you're running, running, running. And uh, I'm going and... I'm at like 720 pace on my watch right now. It's like, 720. Yeah, it's like, oh, who cares? We're, we're halfway through this. I feel good. You're not going to die, right? You're good. You're good. So um, I miles 13 to 18 are kind of boring. Not going to lie. Really? Okay. Yeah, you're just kind of running around, running through some cities. There are people out cheering you on, but it has nothing like the energy of the start. Or even in Canada, mm-hmm. all the Canadian citizens were outside cheering, cheering you on. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of boring. You run through some places. You get fuel and water. I'm drink. I'm taking my goo gels. I'm taking my Cliff Chews things. Like I'm, I'm replenishing my energy. I'm staying hydrated. So. Come mile 18, I see my family for the first time, right? And they love telling this story because basically at mile 18, you go and you cross over another little bridge onto this small aisle called uh, Belle Isle, right? Belle Belle Isle in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Or it's on the Detroit River. And you run over that. You run over the bridge onto the island. And the island's, you know, a couple miles long in the perimeter, whatever. You run around the perimeter and you come back. So the first time my family saw me was at mile 18 and mile 19, which was really close check marks that they could just run to real quick. And I was really hype. I was, like, waving my arms up and down. Come on, let's go. Cheer me on. Yeah. Woo! And they're like, wow, run harder, kid. And I'm like, let's go. Uh, so I'm really cheering them on, right? Or I'm really getting amped up. I'm getting everyone amped up. I'm getting the crowd into it. That's what I love to do. If I run by a crowd, I'm like, come on, guys, let's go. And they all go, woo! That's sweet. You know, yeah, whatever. It helps me get my energy back, you know. It, no, it's yeah, fun, definitely. relaxing. I bet it helps the other runners, too. Yeah, exactly. Seeing that energy? For sure. Because, yeah, you're standing there, or you're running, and you see everyone standing there just kind of watching. You know, Obviously, they could be waiting for their one friend, their parent, their mother, their son, daughter, you know, wife, a husband, whoever they got their support, right? But it's like, come on, man, cheer everyone on. You know, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I get it. They're not like intentionally not trying to cheer us on, but I'm just like, hey, let's go. Come on, let's hear. And then they all go, woo, let's go. And everyone gets real hype and we all pick it up. Yeah. So I'm doing that going on to the island. Come mile 2022, I'm on the island. That's when I start to feel it. 
and I had caught up to the group. So they have pacers who run with a sign. And, you know, it's like, oh, I want to try to get this time. All right, we'll run with this pacer guy, right? So you have groups who run for a specific time. Right, right. I think I've heard of that before. Yeah. And Do they, they, they swap out pacers, though, right? No. Really? So they just they literally have just a guy who's like, okay, you're going to run a 20, like, eight-minute pace mile yep. for this whole thing. Wow, okay. Yeah. I think the lowest pacer that they'll have was, like, 310. 310. Yeah, so three hours oh, okay. and 10 minutes. And I don't know, that's like a 715 pace maybe mm-hmm. per mile. And so I caught up to this group and I asked them, hey, uh, what pace is this? And they're like, oh, we're running, a, you know, we're trying to get 315. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I just pass them. <laughs> right? And, and I hear them say, was that a first-time marathon runner? Because my bib is green. If your bib is green, that means you're a first-time marathon runner. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I was like, I'm going to flex on them. Um, <laughs> Let me flex real quick. Yeah. And so, anyways, that, that's around mile 20, 22. And so that's about my max training, right? And so my legs start to feel it. Mm-hmm. And, again, mile 22, I'm really feeling it. I'm like, man, this is it. And so I'm coming off the island, and I see my family again, right? And I'm just – I am in the zone. I, I don't really wave to them. I don't really – you know, smile, or I'm not cheering or screwing around anymore. I mean, my parents will tell you, they're like, yeah, no, we saw you come off the island. We saw you were in the zone. You were, like, really hurt, and then you were trying. And I was like, yeah. No, it was tough. So, I, again, I was probably running, like, a 720 pace at this mm-hmm. point, and I just had to get in my mind. I was like, keep this pace, keep this pace. Um, and 720 is um, what in a marathon time? We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll get to oh, that. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. But uh, so I'm running and it's getting kind of rough for me mentally and physically, right? I'm feeling my legs, not so much my lungs, but more so my legs. And I really have to go to the bathroom at this point too, mm. right? I don't know. Yeah, why, yeah. I really had to go. Um, and so there's a line of porta potties, and I had to make a decision: Do I stop? and waste a minute, two minutes max, right? Mm-hmm. Or do I just keep going? I was like, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Let's try this. <laughs> well, with a mile and a half left, I felt, I didn't have to go to the bathroom anymore, I just the feeling went away, right, you know? Mm-hmm. And But I was still hurting my legs and mentally. And me and this one guy were kind of racing back and forth, and I just turned to him, I'm like, man, I'm just done. And I just start picking it up to try to get in. And I'm really hurting, and now, there's a few things that somebody could have said to me that would have really, you know, made a difference and just changed my mentality to being really upbeat again. And so I'm running. I got the sunglasses on. And some guy in the crowd goes, come on, Tom Cruise, let's go pick it up. And that just that changed my mentality. I was like, I was back. I was feeling good again. I was like, man, he's... He got me. He thinks I look like Tom Cruise. Let's go. Damn. <laughs> right? Big, so, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, that really, that was a game changer for me mentally. I just went and I was like, all right, I got this. Woo! Tom Cruise guy over the, there. The one guy. Yeah. That's sweet. Let's go, Tom Cruise. Woo! Right? And I was like, there you go. See, he, he gets it. He gets what this is all about. It's all about having fun. Yeah, yeah. And so I was really able to just pick it up, bring it in, and I end up getting 31327. So three hours, 13 minutes, and 27 seconds. My average pace was like a 7.22, mm. you know. And so, again, 
like you said earlier, 720 is probably about, I don't know, uh, probably somewhere in 311, 312. Yeah, somewhere there. Can be much, much more. Yeah, so I crushed my goal, and I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think a lot of factors led into, you know, me just having a good race day. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'll talk about you want me to go through step-by-step step what I felt. So coming in the end here, the crowd is just so hype, right? Oh, I bet. And, yeah. um, you know, everyone's cheering for you. You're running, you know, you're with the people next to you. are like, hey, come on, guys, let's go. Let's get in. Let's get in, right? Let's work together. And you're like, all right, let's go. You're just kind of kicking it in gear. You're crossing the finish line. You cross the finish line. They got people taking your photos. They give you this big giant medal. It's awesome. And then you get a bunch of food and snacks. And it's just really fun to hang out after. Talk to people like, hey, man, oh, dude, great finish. Way to work hard get in there. He's like, yeah, man, for sure. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this. So I am kind of addicted to chocolate milk. I think I mentioned that kind of earlier. Oh, briefly, yeah. Briefly, I touched on that. I had chocolate milk during lunch today. Um, <laughs> And so it's supposed to be good for running. I don't really understand, but I've been told it's good for recovering and all that. More so than uh, white milk or just regular milk? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just been told chocolate milk. And everyone else knows that too, I guess. But yeah. so at the end of the race, they're getting out this chocolate milk. And it was the absolute worst chocolate milk I've ever had. Oh. I was so disappointed. Damn. Yeah, it must have been brutal. Yeah. It's like you didn't it's not like you just ran, you know, twenty six point two miles asking yeah. for a, so much to ask for a cup of damn good chocolate milk. I know. Like it was in this bottle. I was like, oh this is gonna be so good. And I took some and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a professional chocolate milk connoisseur. Yeah, you I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You know bad from good. Yeah. So it was alright. It was it was pretty bad. But the marathon overall, the first one, incredibly fun, um, really good experience. The, what I like about most is, is just the energy. It's pretty much a giant party for the first half marathon. Because mm-hmm. at the start, it's really amped up. When you get into Canada, all the Canadians are really nice. And, um, you know, everyone's outside. They're playing music. They're cheering you on. A lot of fun energy. You come back into Detroit for the, you know, half marathon finishers and the full marathon people continue on, but everyone's there. Everyone's cheering you on. It's really hype. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the first half is just a huge party. And then, you know, second half is all right. Once you get to the end, it's pretty rough, but again, you get back and the energy is amazing. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what I love most about it. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, So I, I have a, Another question. I'm really intrigued about this. What is the absolute worst part about running a marathon for you? For me, the training. I hate training. Hmm. I, I shouldn't say I hate it, but especially this semester, I saw it more as a burden rather than something that I want to go out and do, right? Because I just, I had so many different priorities. Like, I really got to study for the test. I got to get this homework done. But it's like I want to do good come the second marathon, so I need to get out and do this training. You know, there are days when you're just like, man, really beat from this week, long week, and now I got to go do, you know, 18 miles yeah. on Sunday, right? It's like I just, I'm not looking forward to it, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's raining out. I don't want to do this. Yeah. So the, the training part is the worst, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about the actual marathon itself, miles – 15 to 20 are my least favorite. 
just because oh wow it's very hard mentally i feel for me personally because 15 is when you start to feel it you know you're like man i'm starting to feel the pain the agony and then but once you get to mile 20 you're just like all right i just got six more miles that's nothing you get to mile 22, it's like four more. That's an easy training run, right? You know, that's easy. Yeah, but yeah. You get out of that mentality, right? Like yeah. breaking it up. So once you get far enough, it just becomes easy. And it's like, well, I'm pretty much right there. Mm-hmm. But those miles 15 to 20, 15 to 22 yeah, are, are really the worst. And it's just because you really start to feel, and there's not much there. At least with the Detroit Marathon, there's not many people out on that part of the course. Mm-hmm. And there's just not much there to keep your energy levels up and uh, keep you going. Right. Right. That's funny that you were like, after mile 15 is when you really start to like feel the pain and agony. And I'm like, after the first quarter mile is when I would start feeling pain and agony. It's all right. You know, it's just, it all comes down to training. I think anyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, anyone can run a marathon if they want to. Mm. How fast depends, you know, on yeah. body type, you know, what sort of health condition you are in or whatever. But I think with the right practice and right training, anyone can do a marathon, even if you have to walk some of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you walk at all during your marathons? The first one, I did not. And would you like me to go through what happened during the second marathon? Uh, You could do it a little bit, like, more briefly. Quicker, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, basically, the second marathon, I told you I hadn't put as much training into it. Mm -hmm. And... But I thought, oh, d- dude, I got this. Last year, my goal was 3.30, and I got 3.13, right? That's crazy, yeah, right? that's nuts. Yeah, so I was like, Psh, I can do the same thing, easy. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not even worried. So I went into the marathon, and I started out way too fast. <laughs> I started out at, like, 7.20 pace, right, which oh, was probably okay. not the move. And then I tried to drop down to low sevens in Canada and maybe even a high six. And for the first half, I was doing great. I was on pace to run a 310. Right? For me, that's good. You know, People go sub three all the time. To qualify for Boston for our age group, yours and mine, like 18, 19-year-old, you know, I think it's like 18 to 28 or something. But uh, we need to get sub three. Wow. Yeah, to qualify for So you're Boston. literally 10 minutes away from Boston. 10 minutes is a lot. That, yeah, obviously yeah. it is. But, but uh, so... Uh, my point being, 310, I was like, hey, this is great. I'll PR, right? But I had made some mistakes with, again, going out too fast. It was a lot hotter that day than it was before. And so I had some clothes on that were kind of hot, and I was really starting – I was sweating a lot. Yeah, And uh, I was taking way too many of the goo gel things because I figured I'll just pump a lot of these, and I'll be set throughout the whole race. And I think pumping or taking a lot of the goo gels led to major dehydration. And so come mile 17 or 18, I had to stop at a hydration station and just really, like, stop, get some water, take a good actual sip and chug. Because my cup game was all off during this marathon. I'm running. I grab a cup. I spill half of it on me. I get maybe a drop or two in my mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So my hydration was really bad. And so I had to, you know, get at some of the – hydration stations after mile 17, 18, I had to stop, just get some water. You know, I I would keep walking to keep moving, but I'd get the water, chug it, and uh, throw the cup away, and then start running again, right? But I would make sure that I actually got some fluids in me, and then I stopped taking the the goo gels, just because I was like, these, uh, I'm 
I screwed up my hydration. I took too many of these without taking enough water. And I'm, I was severely, I got some pretty major cramps. Yeah. yeah. And so I dropped my time. I ended up getting 316. You, 316? <laughs> yeah. Oh my right? God. So, cause I did so good in the first, you know, 17 miles, first half of yeah, 17 you're... miles that even when I dropped off, I was able to, you know, keep a, I was only three minutes off my time last year, right? With less yeah. training. Yeah, and yeah. That, so, I expected you to be like, yeah, I got a three thirty-five. I was so I was okay with it because the lack of training or whatever. <laughs> like three sixteen. Yeah. No, so I can't complain at all. I'm very happy with it. Um, mm, and I great. think I learned a lot about hydration and don't just try to take goo gels and use that as fuel because I think that led to my dehydration mm. along with uh, just sweating so much in that heat. Right. Okay. So, uh, the, the goo gels betrayed you. At the end of the day, yeah, they did. <laughs> it tastes so good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's really, it's fascinating. Um, well, with being a runner, like, you talk about six, you talk about a string of, like, five, six miles, or, like, you even said the first 15, like, it's, you know, something you really enjoy, and I think that's great, you know? Being able to run casually, like, I think... What's your opinion on can anybody turn into like a casual runner? Like if they run enough, they'll start actually enjoying it and mm-hmm. enjoying how they feel. Do you do you like believe in that? Yeah, or? yeah, for sure. I think one of the main things in my my wise philosophy after nineteen years and you know, five <laughs> years of running in high school, I know so much. Than, you know. Yeah. Trust me, I'm not an expert in any of this, but mm-hmm. I do think that, yeah, anyone can become a runner, a casual runner. Anyone, like I said earlier, can do a marathon. How fast depends. Yeah. Um, but my main thing is don't burn yourself out. Don't start off. If you've never run before, don't go and run six times a week, you know, hard, fast, far. You're going to burn yourself out way too fast. Start off with maybe three times a week. Light, keep it easy. Mm-hmm. And then work up into it, okay? Because if you burn yourself out, you're going to do a week or two really hard, and your body's just going to be dead. And you're going to be like, I just kind of want to skip today. It'll be all right. I'll go tomorrow. And then you'll skip tomorrow. And maybe you'll run up, the next yeah. day, but, you know. And so you don't want to get discouraged by skipping or whatever. It's all about baby steps. Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. So just take it easy, start off slow, and work into it. Okay. Yeah. Even that if you actually, have to do half a mile, that's fine. Just mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. That actually kind of goes to my next one. Um, do you have any tips for someone who wants to run a marathon or like even starting, you're just trying to like become a more casual runner for like health reasons? Okay. So for a marathon, my, what well, I like, let's start, let's start with running first. Running, I think that's, um, yeah, you spit and then go to the next all one. Right, yeah. We expand on it. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. For running in general, get a good pair of shoes. Having an actual pair of running shoes is going to make a huge difference in how your body feels, how your foot feels when it hits the ground, and how you recover. Also, this is something that I need to do more of, but stretch. Stretching after every run is something that is so important because it will prevent injury. And yeah, my main thing is avoid injury by getting a good pair of shoes and stretching. That's the best thing you can do. And also, I touched on this earlier, don't burn yourself out when you first start off. Right. How are, how are these shoes? I'll show you mine. 
Uh, I mean, those are those are pretty good, I think. You know, those they're are well at, yeah, they're they're athletic shoes though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. There are no A6 GT 2000 Model 5s. <laughs> <laughs> These are actually shoes I ran my first marathon in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are in such nice conditions. I for considering you probably run, like, over 200 miles in those oh, things. Oh, easily over 200, yeah. Yeah. No, um... I, I just walk around with these now because I had to cycle them out of running because, you know, too many mile, miles on them. The support is damaged. That, too. Once you put a lot of miles on your shoes, you know, buy a new pair because the support is gone. You're going to ruin your knees, ruin your ankles. Mm -hmm. So make sure yeah. just take care of yourself while you run. Okay. So what about marathon runners? For marathon. Or aspiring marathon yeah. runners. So definitely... A week and a half before your race, you need to hit 20 or 22 miles. I think that is very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have the time to do it all in one sitting, it's okay to break it up throughout the day, like do 10 miles in the morning, 10 miles at night. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, or one thing that I do just kind of unintentionally is so um, every year the M-Run group goes on this big run to Sudden right? It's like 10 miles away. We do it on a Sunday. The Saturday before, I will run like 18, 20 miles. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, that next morning, I have to do another 10, right? So that's a total of like, you know, 28, 30 miles between that weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel that really helps with endurance. But yeah. you just got to be careful to stretch a lot. Make sure you eat, get a lot of food in you, a lot of water, and stretch really well between those runs. So. Okay. My main message is make sure you have your endurance up. Make sure you can do 20 miles in a day. If you have to break it up throughout the day or maybe even over a weekend, that's fine. But make sure you do 20, 22 miles before it. Okay. Interesting. Um, one last question I'm running before we get to uh, some other topics. Do you think you could ever, like obviously if you had the training beforehand, just run a marathon by yourself? Because, like, I, running a marathon, you needed to, like, pay to get into that, right? For, like, the bib yeah. and recording your time. Yeah. Do you think you could ever just, like, one Saturday, you're like, I got, like, five hours to kill. I'm just going to go out and run 26.2 yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you could ever do that? Or do you need, like, the, the mom mentality? No, I could probably mentality. do it. I mean, my training, I just go out and do 22 by myself, right? So mm -hmm. it's four more miles. You ever consider it? Yeah, not all the time. But the problem is... When I'm training for a marathon and doing 22 miles, you know, I'm not trying to kill myself and no, yeah, get those extra for four, sure. right? Mm -hmm. Just for a practice marathon, we'll say. Um, I've just, you know, I stop, I hit my 22. I'm already feeling, I'm already tired at 22, okay? I don't want to make it sound like I do 22 and I just, oh, I can keep going, man, this is easy. No, I hit 22, my legs are shaking, but if you put a gun in my head, I could do, you know, four more if I wanted to, but... Again, it comes down to I'm not going to try to kill myself before the marathon and 22, you know, it's good enough. Mm -hmm. But over the summer sometime, yeah, sure. I don't know if I'm training real hard. We'll see. Interesting. Okay. I just want to get like that little thing. All right. That was, uh, that was great. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for sharing that experience. Um, so now I just have a few questions about stuff in general because okay. like the, the point of this thing is to kind of like humanize you you know mm -hmm. like you're a 18 year old 19 year old marathon runner mm -hmm. but you're also michael graff so um this will help to get to know the other the, the audience to know you better and hopefully we can get to know each other better too 
So, what is your opinion on cursing? Cursing. I mean, personally, I don't swear a lot, but so... I'm going to test to that. You just not yeah. swear very much. One of two reasons. So, one, I don't know, it's just not how I talk. And two, so when I do swear, people know to take me seriously. Like, this is, like, legit. Mm -hmm. I'm being serious here, man. You know, if I swear at you, you know, you've either ticked me off or I really mean what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Right? Or, you know... I'll swear, get people hype or something. I don't know. Sorry, my ears are sore. I just took my <laughs> headphones off. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I'm around people who swear every other sentence, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, whatever. But again, yeah. not for me. And part of that is just how I talk. And again, just when I do swear, you know, I'm, I'm being serious. You know? mm -hmm. Right, right. No, I think there's a lot of like um, impact in that, like where you, you don't, just use them because I like I I like throw out swear words like I don't I do not have that mentality at all, um, but uh, just yeah I actually I learned it there. Do you know Gary V? No, he is a he's kind of like an Instagram influencer I guess, but he's like this thirty to forty year old guy. He's super motivational talker. Like if you're if you're looking to like succeed in your life, I'd recommend following I him. Think I think I know who you're talking about. I'm okay, gonna, yeah, kind of gray hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of like smallish, you know? Like you don't expect him to be as, um, I don't know, like determined as he is, but he, he okay. really is. It's great. Maybe I've seen him here or there. Okay, continue. And um, he has this opinion that he does not mind if his kids curse. His kids like in, I, I think Fourth she was like grade? an eight-year-old or something like that. Yeah, okay, I think very, I've heard this. Very young, yeah, and like... I think she like swore in one of the classes yep, 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 and the yep, teacher yep. called Gary V up and he was like, yeah, I don't care if my kids swear. Yeah. He's like, I he do just, it all the time. Yeah. He's like, I do I it right in front of yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care. And I think that's really interesting. You know, uh, do you have any like opinions on that? Well, so I believe, I assume we're talking about the same video here. He talked about how when he swears, that's just how he is. And that's how he shows, you know, his people or his employees that, hey, you know, I care about you or whatever. You know, he puts an emphasis with the swear words. He uses that to emphasize, like, hey, man, you know, I care about this. And, yeah, he's like, I throw it around a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he, he phrased it well in the video. He's like, yeah, when I swear, you know, I swear because I use it for emphasis on stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, don't, I think it's a, a very interesting concept, like cursing, because... If you think about it, they're really just words, you know, they're the same as cat, dog, chicken, like they're the same as anything, but they just have this kind of like moral weight. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I hate swearing. I hate swearing because it was so like vulgar to me. It was just, to me, it kind of seemed like a way to, a way to purposefully make yourself seem angry. Mm -hmm. And I think that that like angered me as a kid, but now my view has changed so much on it. Like I don't. I consider it much more casual now, you know, um, and I just, uh, I don't know. I, I personally think it's interesting. I think it's a cool topic to get into. Do you think you're going to swear in front of your kids? In front of my kids? Maybe when they're like older in high school, definitely not when they're like middle school. Yeah. But, younger. You know? okay. And I'm not just going to be like, oh man, dude. Like I'd have to like, I don't know, be working on a project and break something and be like, oh man, come on. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even say it there. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is, I'd probably be like, oh man, come on, dude, stupid idiot. You know, that's about as far as I go in normal conversation. Mm -hmm. Right? But I don't know. 
Yeah, like I said, probably when my, when my kids get older, yeah, probably. But you know, not when oh, they're yeah. like younger. I don't know for sure what I'm gonna do when my kids are younger, but once they turn like 14, 15, I'm gonna be like swearing all the time in front of them for like jokes. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I think it's uh, interesting topic. I think you definitely have a right to like swear not in front of your kids. I don't think it can scar them because there's a there's a huge difference between swearing around your kids and like swearing at your kids Mm -hmm. and that's like you know a form of like verbal child abuse it could be Mm -hmm. theoretically i'm not trying to make any statements here but um i think that's very different so when you like you hear somebody say they like swear in front of their kids they might think you know they'll think the worst they think like this really vulgar scenario and they're just teaching the kid to like lash out at something Mm -hmm. but maybe it's just like they don't want their the these words to have such power in the kids' eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah, They yeah. just want them to be words. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, who is your favorite fictional character and why? Favorite fictional character? Oh, man. Yes. Okay, Any yeah. medium whatsoever. Any medium whatsoever. Let's see. I, I really got to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Cartoons I've watched, books I've read. I don't read too many books. <laughs> I need to do more of that. Favorite fictional character? Man, uh, I'm sorry, I'm really drawing a blank here. No, it's totally fine. Think about it. Movies. Um, it could be. I mean, if you want. Okay, to. probably uh, Spider-Man or Captain America. You know. Okay. I am gonna go the superhero route. Mm-hmm. So, All right. So I'm gonna say Captain America because I have a very good childhood memory behind him, and so when. Captain America first came out, that was like, what, 2012, 2014? I don't know. Sometime when I was in middle school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I went to go see it with my dad, and it was a really fun time. You know, him and I went. We went to the theater, and we just watched it. It was like the first superhero movie that we went to the theater to watch together. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool, and it was my first real exposure to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I was like, oh man, what are they doing? What does this hammer at the end mean, right? My dad was like, oh, that's Thor. They're gonna bring Thor. And I was like, oh, who's Thor, right? You know, what's mm-hmm. this? I just really like uh, Captain America as this moral, you know, just person, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to always do it right, what's right, you know. Yeah, he has a good heart at the end of the day. And so yeah, yeah, that really absolutely. inspired me. I was like, man, he's a great character. And mm-hmm. then Spider-Man, just because I always grew up loving, you know, the character Spider-Man as a Spidey, kid. Yeah. yeah. Friendly neighbor and Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. I think the, for me, one of my favorite superheroes is, like, Batman. And I think Batman and Spider-Man are, like, the two basic, basic bitches mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, it just, it's either Batman because he's edgy and cool or Spider-Man because he's relatable. So what about but your favorite fictional character? Or is it Batman and Spider-Man or? No, no, no. Um... I, I like him, but I don't have too much of a personal connection to him. So, uh, I don't really know. My my opinions kind of shift. I definitely, over the past two years, I've really um, started liking Scott Pilgrim. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is my favorite movie yep, ever. Yep. Um, and I actually, I bought the, the comic book series, or the graphic novel series, yeah, yeah, I yeah. should say. And, um, like, you've seen me just... Oh my I, yeah, I, I was fucking say, geeked yeah, out about it. <laughs> I saw the colored version at like a comic store, and it was oh, it was so sweet. I gotta buy one of those books. But yeah, I really like Scott Pilgrim because um, he's so 
unromanticized in a romanticized way, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense whatsoever. It probably doesn't. But just how ordinary and like disappointing of a person he is, is it's just so blunt and I think so well done in both the comic book series and in the movie. I really enjoy it. And I think it's very relatable in the fact that he's like a loser. Like in the book, he... Um, at one point he just lives in his house for like two months and he just plays a video game pretty much while his parents pay his rent, you know, and that's just something, yeah, you don't see that with a lot of fictional characters. Mm -hmm. Most creators are like afraid to go there, but I think Brian Lee O'Malley and Edgar Wright. Are they the writers, authors? Yeah. So Brian Lee O'Malley wrote the original comic book series and, um, Edgar Wright was co-wrote the movie with him. Okay. But they were actually, like, if you read both of them, the dialogue is, like, exact. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy how um, faithful of an adaptation the movie is. Fun fact, the the movie actually came out before the last book was out. So instead of the movie taking inspiration from how the series ended, the series actually took inspiration from how the movie ended. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd have to say just Scott Pilgrim for, for that sake. Um, all right, sweet. Uh, here's a bit of a, a deeper question. Are you scared or excited about where technology is going or I'm maybe very, something else? I'm very excited. Um, hmm. yeah, no, I don't see AI taking over the world or anything. I guess I should be, if, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of this, but I'm like, I don't want it technology to take over people's lives where we're so consumed by it. But I do think a lot of the advances in medicine, I'll say, are, you know, obviously good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, just the whole tech field, you know, it, companies come out with new things every day. You know, I'm pretty, uh, pretty arrogant to some of the crazy new stuff, but I'm always excited to see the latest and greatest thing that a company has to offer, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be in a cell phone or just some other thing like, hey guys, we're able to make energy out of water now. So mm. that's awesome, right? You know, I, yeah. That's not true, but someday it might. And I'm excited <laughs> no, yeah, for that day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about it. So you don't fear uh, AI? Do I remember you saying that? Okay. Yeah, no, I don't fear AI. <laughs> no, we'll be fine. It's, it's definitely interesting, you know, because uh, you got... People, you hear like these scientists talk about computers and like what they can do and it's crazy. And then you just look at like a Roomba and it just is like, that thing is going to take over the world Yeah, it clips a wall half the time, gets <laughs> just stuck. like, yeah, it runs under your foot. DJ it's like, Roomba. this is going to be our, our overlords. Yep. Um, I personally, I don't like, I really like hearing about it, but talking about it, I'm, I do not. I, I don't like doing it because I have no idea about technology, dude. I was setting up the sound equipment. I was like, dude, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. But um, I I don't know so much. I'm not worried about AI as much. I'm definitely worried about um, phones and social media. I think that is going to be... It's, it's fantastic and horrifying at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? How so? Uh, I saw... I remember this one post, it was like on Instagram or something, on like a meme page, you know, which is in itself crazy. The fact that I got this great insight on like social media and stuff from a social media. 
but it said that like it pointed out that depression and like anxiety is so much more prevalent in kids today mm -hmm. and it pointed out that that's like if you think about the life of an 18th century kid, mm -hmm. how simple it was. It was like, you go, you maybe like go to school, then you help out your family, like on the farm or mm -hmm. something. And then like, you have dinner with your family, you might like play with your friends a little bit. And then you think about it now, and like an eight year old is gonna be worrying about what's happening in like Russia. And just imagine how much more information we receive on like a daily basis compared to just 50 years ago. And it's really, it's insane, mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's, it's not very um, stated how large of an impact that's had on our, um, like our kids. And I don't think, I'm not like, oh, this generation is cramp or whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm definitely, I don't think that. I think every generation works through it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just human nature to think the, think the worst is going to happen. Yeah. So like in, in the, uh, the 1900s, people, the atomic bomb, they were thought it was going to be the end of the world, you know. They're like, it is over. It's like, once they detonate that, it's done. We'll, we'll all be dead. The, all the oxygen in the air will vaporize and we'll all just die or blow up or mm -hmm. whatever. And I think that's just the, the nature of humanity in a way, you know, just to think that. So people are very worried about climate change and AI. And I definitely think there is, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying climate change isn't real. I definitely think it is. I think we should do something about it. Um, and I think AI is something we have to consider, definitely. But at the same time, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll survive yeah. is my end point. I think, especially nowadays, with how many people are, you know, protesting it and how many great, fresh, and, and experienced people are trying to make a difference, I think we'll, we'll definitely pull through. Yeah, um, but that was definitely, I didn't, I didn't write this um, down in consideration of your, your major, but technology in the medicinal field is like, that's, that's big, yeah, you know, is there been any, like that you, any technological advance that you've been exposed to that's just been really, really like impactful. Like you're like, dang, this is great. So, I mean, it's not a recent technological advancement, but it's new to me. Right. Cause I come to the university and they're like, Oh, we have to use all this cool equipment. Mm -hmm. It's called an, uh, NMR machine, nuclear magnetic resonance or nuclear magnetic radiation, something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I forget what it is, but NMR. And so basically you can use it to figure out what sort of atoms and what sort of, you know, molecular compounds or groups make up a molecule. Mm. And so you put your substance in this machine and it runs a whole bunch of magnetic, uh, radio waves at it and it can measure the spin of like the proton or something. I'm probably probably botching this for everyone out there. Some guy who actually knows what NMR is is probably cringing right now. <laughs> Tell but, me uh, about it. Yeah, you, you can basically measure the spin of the protons or something and uh, you basically get a graph with all these different peaks and where the peaks are tell you like, hey, this is a OH group or hey, this is a NH2 group. And so you can 
put all the puzzle pieces together and be like, oh, well, hey, that's that molecule. And so I think that's mm. really cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, how do you think that translates to like helping people medically, if it does? I don't know. Well, so what I used it for in my lab was we mix a bunch of compounds together and we see, did we, we put it in the machine and we're like, all right, did it match what we predicted that we would get, right? You know, mm-hmm. did we make the right substance? And, you know, the thing that we were working on was a, uh, a drug to help fight triple negative breast cancer. So we were working on that. And, uh, yeah, you just make your stuff, pull in the machine, run it, see what it gives you, be like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, it worked. Or be like, eh, this didn't really work. Let's, uh, let's try this again. Did we uh, screw up somewhere? Did we add too much salt? Did we replace the salt with sugar on accident? <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, so that's my best answer. You, re- you can use it to read what sort of compounds you're making, and, you know, that's how drugs are made sometimes. <laughs> I actually, I, uh, I thought it was funny when you we were saying like, we, uh, or it, we put like too much salt in it or like put too much sugar in it and we had more salt. I just imagined like these scientists in a lab coat, they're just like around this machine and they're just like, grab the salt. They just grab like a fucking salt shaker from the, <laughs> the cafeteria downstairs. Like, all right, here we go. Yep. Just like yeah. a sugar cube or something like that. And do I grab the pepper instead? I gotta go back down. <laughs> oh shoot. Dang it. Yep. Uh, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, we seem kind of both optimistic about technology yeah. in that way. That's good. Um, so if you are not working and not working on homework or whatever, eating and not running, what are you doing? Um, I've actually been trying to find a new hobby recently for that, but honestly... Uh, I'm excluding working out from this too, right? Just like mm-hmm. weightlifting. Sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't really know. I'm usually out and I like to go experience something, right? You know, go kayaking or something. And my, I'm all about, you know, experiences or whatnot. So I'd say I'm out trying to do that, going to a football game. Uh, yeah, so I'm a big advocate of going out, having an adventure. So I'd say... Well, in my limited free time, I'll do that, you know. But other than that, sort of hobbies, I need new hobbies. So any any suggestions for a new hobby that I could do? Um, I mean, you know me pretty well, so, you know, what, what do you think I would like? I think something that can help everybody is uh, do, like, just do some journaling if you can. Like, that, and that's not... When I think of journaling, for some reason, I have this, like, unconscious bias to just think of, like, this 13-year-old aspiring to be a writer who's, like, at their desk at, like, 3 p 3 a.m., you know, just, like, writing down stuff. But really, I think journaling is a lot more about, like, oh, I have 20 minutes on the bus. Let me just write about how my day is going, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you learn a lot more about yourself through that. Um, you specifically... I don't know. I mean, there's uh, there's so much to do. I feel like you'd be, you're kind of like, you're not afraid of a lot of work, you know, because running mm-hmm. takes just crap ton of training and all that stuff. I feel like for some reason, I think of like woodwork would be good for you. You know what? That's very interesting you bring that up. All right, but continue. Um, something about just like, 
you know, crafting something with your hands and how like unforgiving it is. Cause I'm sure like you'd imagine like, Oh, I'm just going to make a chair and it's going to take a long time or something. But then like a first time person will try making a chair and you just get this like shitty piece of <laughs> garbage pretty much. And they'd be discouraged from it. But I don't think you would be. I think you'd like enjoy it almost, you know? Right. Why, why do you think it was interesting? Well, so I love woodworking actually. And so, really? yeah, no, it goes back to middle school. The industrial tech clash I was in, it was basically a wood shop, metal shop combined, right? And like mm -hmm. I said, we did some architecture work in there too. At one point, and uh, I made this clock. It's like a shaker clock, I think. You know, it's whatever. It's probably like I don't know. Was that two feet tall, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, I'm holding hold my hands up. Two feet tall, right? A couple inches <laughs> yeah, wide. Yeah, audience, how how uh, how high was it far or how far away were his hands? <laughs> yeah, and so it's got a compartment that you open up. Uh, I use the wood lathes. This is what I really like. Using the wood lathes and carving pens. Mm. You know, yeah. Carving pens and stuff on a wood lathe was pretty good. I did a lot of welding, too, there. Mm. And we, uh, part of, I was part of this club there, and we made this mini electric car thing that we could ride around in for mm. a parade. So, yeah, no, the woodworking I absolutely love. The only problem is I don't have a place to put a wood lathe. Yeah. <laughs> or that's, any of the power tools. It's definitely. Needed. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, you could just, I could get out a pocket knife and just whittle something away. And, yeah, I've done that before. But I got to be careful I don't slice my hands up, you know. Yeah. No, no, definitely. So woodworking, yeah. Maybe I should try to get back into that. You know, whatever you can. I'm sure there's something on campus for that, right? I mean, there's maybe, probably. Maybe North Campus, but I yeah. don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're up here on Central. Yeah. No. But I think uh, another part of that is. Like, a lot of your homework and just work in general involves using your brain a lot, you know. So you're probably sitting. So I feel like your activities would need to be more active, yeah. you know. Like, reading reading a book might be a little bit too... Like, you could obviously do that every once in a while. But if you go from reading a textbook to reading a novel, it's going to be... It's going to be rough. And I speak yeah. from that from experience. Like, during the summers in high school, I would, like, love reading books, you know. But just during school, I'd like finish two hours of like math homework, English homework, and I'd just be like, I don't want to read another for another hour, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I just fucking play Minecraft or something. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, we both enjoy video games too. Yeah. Worth noting. Any uh, video games you're into right now? I mean, or I've most recently. Play them. Um, I have not played oh, yeah. video games since I've been home. Uh, over the summer, uh, Alex and I got really back into Minecraft again. I do yeah, remember that. Was that good. that yeah. was good. Always a classic. Come on, Alex is our uh, friend. Yeah, he's a good guy. Maybe you should is. have him on one day. But uh, Maybe. What was I going to say? So, yeah, him and I got really back into Minecraft. Um, Destiny 2 and Destiny are always just, you know, really near and dear to me. Mm. Just because Destiny 1 was probably the really big, it was the biggest game that I really got into. Back in high school, and then Destiny 2 came out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so those are always good. But other than that, I have not had much time to play them. Although I do really want to get home, play Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm. Sure that yeah, isn't that the new one that came out? Yeah, new one came out. How long ago did it come out? I can't even remember. Two weeks ago? That was only two weeks ago? The, the new one came out two weeks ago or something. Wow. Two, maybe, I thought, maybe three, I don't know. I thought that was like... Two months ago. No, it wasn't two months ago. I don't know. I'm very not well versed in the Call of Duty meta. 
I definitely, uh, it's not, not exactly near and dear to my heart, but I played it a lot, like as a kid. Um, Modern Warfare 2 it was released like 2000 something. Oof, that was great, I loved that. Yeah. You ever played Titanfall? Titanfall two. I played. Uh, I don't. I don't think I ever played Titanfall two. I did play Titanfall once. Okay. I loved the, uh, the smart pistol. Yep, yep, yep. The like auto aim. <laughs> I loved how it was just such like, BS. You're like, okay, point in this person's general direction for three seconds, then then you'll kill them. Yeah. Like you just had to press the trigger. I loved that. No, I I love Titanfall two. That was so good. Titanfall and Titanfall two, good games mm. too. Oh yeah, the the reason I liked it, like you could just go to a crowd of like the goonies which are like they only take one bullet so it yeah, only yeah, takes yeah. like a split second yeah, to get them the all yeah just AI or whatever it was yeah so it would just like lock onto every single one of them and then it just like I'd press the trigger <laughs> once and just all of them would fall over yeah, it was yeah, so like five points yeah I, I just feel so badass I was like this is sweet I love that no. yeah I'm very much into uh, Smash Bros I like that game mm-hmm. I think it's very something about the uh, the one on one aspect of it you know how it's so, like, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. You have all these, like, characters that you can pick. I think it's just really a great concept of, like, using these popular characters that you know and being able to, like, push push a game to its limits with, like, what you can do. Like, if you just look up any professional Super Smash Bros. Ultimate or Melee, Melee looks, like, a lot more, a lot, like, sicker. Like, you're just like, what the f- fuck are these people doing like how do they do that yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you're just like i just want to jump and like press two buttons <laughs> but then they just do that but that's because it's been out for so long you know they just played that game so much um definitely takes a lot of skill my last off-base question here do you have any paranormal stories or what is your opinion on the paranormal and now leave in mind uh this isn't necessarily like you believe in do you believe in ghosts or not believe in ghosts like mm-hmm. Has anything happened to you that you can just not explain? And tell one of my mom that she had, again, when I was living in California. Please do. So it was over Thanksgiving. My grandpa had just died, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. sorry to hear that. So he was a fireman, and this was when I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So he was a fireman, and he had just died. It was Thanksgiving now. So my mom always cooks a turkey, right? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. She was cooking the turkey, and all of a sudden, the turkey caught on fire inside the oven, right? Which can wow. happen. Yeah, That's a big yeah. thing. You got to put out the turkey. It's on fire. <laughs> so she goes to open the oven, and then all of a sudden, the fire just kind of goes out. And my mom's like, what? Right? You know? Mm-hmm. And so then, I don't know, she thinks that that was just a little way of, you know, dad checking in and be like, hey, I'm okay. Happy Thanksgiving, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Because he was great. a fireman. And so yeah, fire. yeah. Yeah, so that was that. But uh, I'm just going to touch on this. As to paranormal stuff in general, I mean, I do think there's something. I mean, I'm definitely not going to use a Ouija board or whatever. You hear that, Alex? We're not doing the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> Alex mm-hmm. always tries to get Jonah and I and our other friend Joe to do a Ouija board. Dude, I'd be totally down. No, I, think... I would not, dude. We're going to get some demon or something. I, I don't need That's that. bullshit, man. They sell those at, like, Target. Dude, I'm not trying that. Anyway, I would not go to a haunted house. Some, you know, demonic spirit's going to latch on to me or something. That'd be cool, though. No, it would not. Have you seen <laughs> Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, what they do to the people? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so do you believe in that sort of uh, paranormal stuff or no? Have you had an experience like that? Um, 
Well, honestly, I've only had one experience that I would consider even remotely paranormal. And I don't even like calling it paranormal would be a huge stretch. Like there's okay. a chance that it might have been paranormal. Okay. Um, I was sitting at home and a little bit of backstory. I went to the movies with my friends and they kind of like pissed me off. So uh, they wanted me to hang out afterwards, and I was like, no, I just want to go home, mm -hmm. you know. So I just, I just fucking went home. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. And I was just playing my game, a game on my TV, and they were, like, texting me, like, dude, just come over. Like, we just want to hang out. And I'm like, dude, I just don't want to. And I just heard this, like, knocking on my window, and it was, like, it started off as, like, a little frequent. It was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was on like a glass thing, you know, a glass door. And the thing, <laughs> the thing is, it was like, it's a, it's a glass door. Like I could see through it, but I couldn't. So there's, there's two like panels to it kind of, two doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the doors is kind of like covered up by the TV. It's a sliding side. door. Right. Yeah. And so, um, one of the, one of the sides is covered up by the the TV set. And so that was where like the knock was coming from, so I couldn't see it. And I'm just like, that's kind of, like this thing was going on for like three minutes. It was just this knocking. And I have no idea what it was. And it there's like nothing before that. Um, and then all of a sudden it like stopped. And while it was going on, I, would, I just like, I texted um, Jared and I'm like, could you guys like fuck off? Like I yeah, thought it was yeah, them. You thought I'm they were like, outside your house screwing Dude, around. just, Get, like leave me be and then like what are you talking about like and I'm like you guys are like knocking at my door aren't you and they're like no we're at um, Little Caesars picking up a pizza right now and they sent me a picture of yeah, them yeah, yeah. at Little Caesars picking up a pizza and I'm like what the fuck and then I was like that's kind of it was probably just like kids pranking me or something you know some dumb dumb thing like that because it was very it wasn't like spasmodic it wasn't like It wasn't just random. It, yeah. it could, I don't think it was like an animal because it was very uniform and all that. And then like a minute later, it, it picks up again, but it's like much faster. It's like... Yeah. And it goes on for like another minute. And I'm like, what? What the hell is going on? And I'm like paralyzed in my chair. The worst part is like it's pitch black outside and there's lights on in my house. So I know like whatever's doing that can clearly see me uh -huh. and like how I'm reacting to it. And I, I still don't know what that was. I did not, because no one else is home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what, I didn't know what it was. I can go open the door. Yeah. Hell no, I'm not <laughs> opening the door. Like, I, I don't know if I believe in spirits. I don't, yeah, that's my opinion on it. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't say they can't be real. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can't explain. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those things are worth, acknowledging um but all in all i don't think they're enough to say like those are definitely real you know but yeah that's like the only paranormal kind of paranormal with air quotes you can't see them yeah. but that uh i've ever had but yeah it was freaky i was like god damn i i wanted to go to bed it was like 12 o'clock i wanted to go to bed at like one and i couldn't until like two because i was just so scared yeah and no one was home no, no. Came oh. I think my parents were at, like at the camper. My brother was probably at a friend's house, mm. and I thought it was my brother trying to get in. Yeah, 
but I like quickly ruled that out because why wouldn't he just like show his face to me like knock on or the window or send you a text yeah or yeah. send me a text right why would he just go like yeah um, uh, so that was like the only thing that really ever got to me but yeah it definitely it was a it was a scary one for me yeah um, do you have any uh, last minute things for the, the paranormal no, no, that's pretty much it. So, so you do kind of believe in ghosts? Yeah, or? yeah. Trust me. I mean, how do I put this? I'm not, I'm not looking to st- spend a night in a closed, you know, insane asylum to find out. But yeah, I think, uh, I think there's some ghosts out there. All right, all right. No, I think uh, I would definitely be open to spending the night in a haunted place. <laughs> That'd be sick. Yeah. Cause like, you think about it. If we're with each other, we're either getting scared shitless which is hilarious <laughs> and we'll have such a good memory from it or we're all dying and, and which then in that case who cares right? we're dying together right yeah. like i'd much rather die with friends in a haunted house by a ghost than like you know i don't know a car crash but that's not a very great comparison because a lot of people would die in a lot of different ways other than a car crash yeah but no i think i'd definitely be cool i don't think like ouija boards the thing about Ouija boards is that you hear all these, like, horror stories about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're just, like, dude, these things are, they, they can, like, fuck people's lives up. And then, like, you're not taking into account how many people have used a Ouija board and nothing happens. Because they don't publicize it. No one's going out and making this, like, I try Ouija board, does nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what clickbait is, you know? There's just, like... A stigma with them and I think it's very undeserved because I think definitely a lot of people use them and nothing happens personally I'm not I'm not looking to figure it out though I'm not, I'm not yeah. <laughs> yeah see I would definitely I would that's interesting to me I would love doing that uh, all right so uh, we're kind of rounding the end of this um, as a little segment we're trying out here we have a guest choice so the guest can either ask me the host a question or we can discuss, talk about something that they want to talk about. Or if you want to talk about something completely random for 15 minutes, we can do that too. Okay. Whatever you want. Uh, I got two things that we can talk about here. So, first of all, it's kind of a spin on kind of one of those cliche questions that you get asked. If you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, you know, what would you tell yourself? But here's a little bit of a spin. When you go back in time, you can only talk to yourself for five minutes, and they don't know it's you, right? You know, they don't know it's you from the future. Don't ask me how, but they don't. All right. You go up to them, and you're basically a random person in a coffee shop sitting across from them. I don't know. You bump into them in the hallway. So Mm. what would you say? When would you go back? To what point in your life? And what would you say? (sighs) That's tough. See, the problem with that is, um, like, I... Like, every, I have come to accept how I grew up, you know? With all the downfalls I had and all the mistakes I made, I am fine with where I am right now. And if I try to change something like that, I'm afraid something negative would happen. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say I, um, like, the first relationship I ever had, I, like, really fucked it up, you know? And let's say I went back and I told myself, like, hey, don't fuck that up. Like, don't do this. Mm-hmm. I was, like, really clingy, so, like, hey, just don't be clingy or something. Like, maybe I would never be clingy. And then I would never realize why not to be. And then slowly I'd fall into it in a much more 
uh, a much less noticeable way, you know? So mm -hmm. I just realized I never figured out for myself why not to be clingy. And um, I think there was a lesson I learned from that, and I think I would be not necessarily like less of a person or anything, but I would not have as much insight as I do now. So honestly, I would probably just talk <laughs> for five minutes about yep, like whatever. Yeah. If they didn't know, I'd be like, hey, what's your name? You'd be like, hey, Jonah. And like, oh, that's my name too. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and I'd just Jonah be like chilling you? with them. It's like, oh, well, <laughs> that might be a little too <laughs> add-on. But uh, yeah, I would just chill with them. All honestly, right. be like, Ask them their thoughts and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, have you ever thought of this or something like that? Mm -hmm. Very, like, minuscule stuff. I definitely yeah. wouldn't go up to them on, like, a notepad, like, hey, listen up, little shit. You better do all this stuff because it'll help you in the future. On October 28th, uh, <laughs> 2016, you're going to take a math test. And listen, the answer is not C. It is, in fact, D. <laughs> go with D. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Ah, what about you? I have a very similar take. I would not try to change anything, you know. Mm. Like you said, we all have our ups and downs, but my downs, I feel I've become a lot stronger and a much... Exactly. I like to think I'm exactly. a better person because of them. <laughs> Maybe I'm not, but mm -hmm. yeah, we all go through stuff in life, and it's very hard, but I wouldn't, you know, have it any other way. Mm. And so what I would do is... I don't know. I would just talk to myself and then how far back I would go. I don't know. Either eighth grade right before I moved to Michigan or like over the summer right before I moved or, you know, started going here to U of M. Mm -hmm. One of those two things. And I would throw in this quote. I found this quote in high school and I think it's very inspirational. I'm going to pull it up real quick so I don't botch it, you know, mm -hmm. phones. Okay. I know what it is. Well, I, I know what it is. Yes, I know yes. it is. Do you know who said it? Uh, some guy on Instagram. Uh, Warren's Finest. Go follow him. At Warren's Finest. Warren's it's, Finest. It's this guy from Ohio. Mm -hmm. He's a motivational speaker and all that. Okay. Um, it basically goes, strength isn't about what you can do, rather what you can overcome. Mm. And I think that's a very deep, meaningful quote. And I think, I agree with it. I think it to be true, you know, after much reflection. And, uh, Again, at the end of the conversation, I, I would, you know, we just talk about whatever, you know, like, oh, hey, what you got there? A smoothie? Nice. What kind of smoothie? <laughs> mm -hmm. Raspberry? Oh, dude, I like a blueberry myself, but I don't know. We'd probably like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, I, I would just be like, I'd throw that in there. And again, um, I would go to one of those two time frames. Eighth grade, I didn't know the quote, right? But I would think it and I'd be like, man, that's a cool quote. And... Uh, those two time frames are when I had major changes in my life, right? You know, I went from California to Michigan, mm -hmm. went from high school to college, right? You know, big changing points, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be going through a lot, but hey, you know, strength isn't about what you can do, rather what you can overcome. Mm. And I think that would be really good to know going in, into high school, but then going into college, again, it's good to know, but if I said that to myself, I'd be like, hey, where'd you hear that? And I'd be like, oh, at Warren's Finest, and I'd be like, I love that guy. You know, great motivational speaker. Yeah. yeah, and then a year later, he would actually say that quote, and then yourself <laughs> would be way confused. Yeah, well, that's the eighth grade me, right? You know, mm -hmm. yeah. but uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, go follow at Warren's finest. His name's like uh, Dan, Danny. Yeah, so pretty good. Is his last name Warren? No, it's Warren, Ohio. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. A city it's called a Warren. Play. 
Warren, yeah, like Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, I think, mm-hmm. and Finest, so at Warren's Finest. <laughs> we're not sponsored. Yeah, we're not. We're not, we're not sponsored. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, second question. Okay, okay, so with Halloween just kind of ending, ending when we're doing this podcast, right? It's November mm-hmm. 4th, you know, Halloween yeah. just happened. We are entering the holiday season. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you here. Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday mm-hmm. of all. And so I just kind of want to know, how does your tier list go for holidays? You know, for me, Thanksgiving is an S tier holiday. <laughs> Christmas is an S tier too, but Halloween's like a B tier. Yeah, I think B. I don't go hard on Halloween, right? You know, so how does it work for you? So. And I'm including St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Valentine's Day, and Big national holidays, right? Okay, yeah. Not, not President's Day, uh, not, yeah, but you can throw 4th of July in there. Yeah, uh, of course, S-tier Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love Puxatani, Phil. <laughs> Shout out. No, um, so I think the holidays to me, I like to think of them a lot more as what I feel during them. Um, so, like... <laughs> Valentine's Day, I feel very alone and sad. Me so, too. Uh, that, that's an F tier <laughs> for me. Um, and also, I think it's just become so, uh, what is it, like, commercialized? Yep, yep, commercialized. You know, but that's like every single holiday, so I can't really deduct points for that, or fairly deduct points for that. Um, I think Thanksgiving is definitely, because it's very interesting, there's no gifts it's much more about community and family. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome. But at the same time, I love horror shit. So Halloween's definitely an S tier for me. I love horror. So like, just, I can sit at home and watch scary movies. But do you go out on Halloween? Um, I did not this Halloween, though. Okay. Well, actually I did, technically. It was like 12 o'clock, or like 11, 30, 12, and my friend was like, hey, we're around Ann Arbor, you wanna hang out? And I'm like, Hell yeah, sure. I was going to watch Alien, but that's all right. I already see. I watched The Grudge beforehand. Grudge, very scary movie. Very scary movie. Yeah, back to the topic anyways. Uh, so. So you have Halloween as so S tier. Halloween S tier for sure. Thanksgiving S tier. I'd say Christmas A tier. But the problem with Christmas, in my opinion, is just that. It's a lot more about gift giving, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I'm much more, I, I give my, I'm very bad at gift giving, very bad. And so I show affection and appreciation for loved ones by like spending time with them mm-hmm. and talking to them and helping them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Thanksgiving is much actions. more on my alley, you know. Okay. And Christmas is a lot more about gifts. And I don't think people are super bad with that. At least my family isn't like, oh, this person gave the biggest gifts, so they're obviously the best, <laughs> you know. Yep. But I think that's definitely just something that runs through my head. So that's why I, I got to bump down Christmas. Um, St. Paddy's Day is like, I don't know. Pro- actually, St. Paddy's Day is going to be like a D tier for me because I fear a lot of accidents happen <laughs> just because of the drunk driving. Um, it's... Fourth of July, C tier. It's good. I just don't like fireworks that much. Then, um, what are some other good ones? Uh, New Year's. Oh, New Year's. Year's. See, New Year's, I think, is a great 
it gives a great feeling off. I think it's very dangerous, but I think it's very cool because you get this awesome. like, you get this feeling of like New Year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just like anything can happen this year, and you get to look back on what you did. It's time of like reminiscing and also looking to the future, and I think it's awesome. But there's also like you know the the drunk driving, <laughs> and this time it's at night, like way at night, so yeah. it's even more dangerous. But um, I think New Year's is definitely probably either A or B for me. Okay. But oh yeah, the other issue with New Year's is that it it like it ha- it's one day, you know, mm-hmm. like that high of New Year, New Me lasts like two weeks, and then yeah. it's over. It's very kind of misleading for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it, it's something, right? No matter what, there's bound to be at least, it, probably around a or less than like 1% of New Year's resolutions that actually go through, yep. you know, for the whole year. And like people actually learn from it. So I think there's there's some good in it. Let's be, so let, let's go through it. We got S tier, Halloween, Thanksgiving, easy, easy What about money. Easter real quick? I don't think we touched Oh, Easter. See, Easter's good, but I don't know. It feels like if we take in like the the religious aspect out of it, it feels like Thanksgiving, but not as great of food. I feel <laughs> like it's eggs. Christmas's little brother or something, you know? <laughs> oh, I definitely I yeah. get that sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it definitely deserves a spot in like C tier, C or B tier. Right. So we got um, Thanksgiving, Halloween, A tier, Christmas... Maybe New Year's, B tier, New Year's around, um, and then we got C tier. We'll put Easter there, and then like probably Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So I think Valentine's Day is good. You're like appreciating somebody, but at the same time, I feel like you know you should probably appreciate them anyway. Yeah, right? you should. Yeah, do that you like, know, every day. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, and then D tier. St. Patty's Day. I'm also not Irish. That's probably a big thing. I just mm. I just completely alienated all Irish listeners right now. I am a bit Irish. <laughs> oh, and, uh, really? I would I'm still so put it at maybe C tier, C or B tier. Yeah. I just, I like the, I do like corned beef and cabbage. Oh, I do yeah, not so like good. corned beef or yeah. cabbage. Not, not really, no. I tried corned beef once and I'm like, oh, I don't like that that And much. I'm not talking about, you know, the corned beef that you slice up and put on a sandwich, right? I mean, this is oh, authentic... Okay. Corned beef that you cook. Irish cuisine. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Mm, yeah, I like Lucky Charms. <laughs> it's about the of course extent of the my British Irish, Irish cuisine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else? Oh yeah, July Fourth, probably C tier, I guess. C tier. I don't know. It doesn't. People talk about celebrating America and all that, and uh, I'm not gonna get political. Never mind. I just like. I just food. don't. Like, Burgers and hot dogs. Right? I'm not a. I'm trying to get rid of uh, beef from my diet. Oh yeah, yeah. We talked about that. A little bit. I don't know, dude. I like when my mom makes meatloaf. Like, <laughs> get rid of that. It'd be something else. Also, Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. Mm. God, dude. Don't you ever have a Philly cheesesteak omelet? No, actually. Dick's Coney Island on Allen Road makes a good. Uh, mm-hmm. You Philly good? cheesesteak omelet, yes. Next time you're back in a down river, Allen Park, go try. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll try it out. Um, I don't even know. Is there any other big holidays? I think those are the major ones, at least. That I, your birthday. We'll throw your birthday in there. Oh, oh birthday. You know, it's a personal holiday. 
Oh, where, probably, where would you throw that? Uh, probably F tier. <laughs> I don't, wow. No, no, no. I just, uh, I don't really do much for my birthday. I consider it more a time. That's when I like treat myself well mentally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times I'll tell myself, what can I do better? You know, what can I work on? Like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. Like I probably shouldn't have been on my phone for that like 30 minutes hour. Cause that was like, you know, boring. It could have been working on other stuff, getting more sleep or whatever. And, um, but on my birthday, I just kind of, it gives me a, a nice non-biased look at stuff, but I don't like to do anything for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't really like celebrating myself. At my, even at my birthday parties, when I was young and I like kind of liked attention, I didn't like attention. Mm-hmm. Like being the center of the party, everybody singing to me. And I came from a Polish religious family. So we had like four verses on happy birthday. Stola, stola. Yeah, we had happy birthday, stola. Um, the, they just started adding a new one in. Really? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, cool it, all right? Yeah. This is enough birthday. Very, I'm already sitting in front of you guys for two minutes. Just let me blow out my candles. Yeah, please just <laughs> let me blow out my candles and go talk to my cousins again. Um, yeah, and then we had... May your wishes come true. May the dear Lord bless you. So that was those are four mm. things. And then they're adding Yeshidash, Yeshidash, Yeshidash or something like that, which is another Polish one. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm I'm trying to make I'm trying to break through to these new generations, yeah. you know, giving them something <laughs> they can live for. Um uh, not that not that the birthday's bad, like I don't know. I guess C tier. I'll throw, I'll throw it in C tier. Throw it in C tier. <laughs> Nobody's getting drunk for my birthday, so yeah, I'll throw it in C tier. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much mine. Do you have any other notes on the holidays? Notes on holidays? Um, no, I was just gonna say Thanksgiving is S tier. Christmas is probably S tier for me, just because I get to see both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. That's and, a big one. Yeah. Yeah, like. You know, throughout that whole weekend or whatever, I you know a day or two, I'll see both sides of my family, which is really cool. Yeah. Mom's side and dad's side, and then my uh, mom's side is Polish, so we have like pierogi and all that. Oh, pierogi's so good. Yeah, yeah my oh, mom's main name is Borowski, so. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, like very, super very, very Polish. Polish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have all that, and uh, Halloween I'll put B tier, B plus, because as a kid. I loved it, right? You know, you dress up, go get candy. I don't know. I had an exam this Halloween from 8 to 10. So yeah, nobody respects kid. Halloween. Yeah. Nobody respects it. And the upper levels? Yeah. It sucks. But uh, yeah, Easter, probably B plus A tier, somewhere there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty's Day, B minus C plus. Fourth uh, of July, I'll go C. Yeah, like I said, I like the food. I love the hot dogging contest. Uh, what is it? Oh, dude, why am I blanking? It's a Coney Island. Is it just Coney Island? or No, it's like Nathan's Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut, man, what a champ. 
mm. eating like you know seventy plus hot dogs, close to eighty, trying to break eighty. Let's go, Joey. <laughs> Joey, please stop. <laughs> Who is asking you to do this, Joey? Oh, that's so weird. Yes. Great, <laughs> Joey. Please, seventy hot dogs. That's more hot dogs than I've had in my entire life in like an hour. Honestly, it might be. Yeah. Wow. Oh. No, he eats in ten minutes. In 10, it's minutes? ten minutes, yeah, you didn't know oh, that. Oh god! It's ten minutes, yeah. Seventy. Oh, hot they, got, dogs. they got his stats up on the street on the screen. Hot dogs per minute. You'll see he'll pick at like <laughs> ten at the start, and he'll drop down to like five towards the end when you know he's really struggling to get him down. But hey, man, he gets the job done. Jeez. Imagine, imagine seventy hot dogs just <laughs> laid out on this table. Then imagine fitting them all in your stomach. Like, how is that possible? Well, he's doing a bunch of mental math here, too. He's trying to, he's looking at his opponents and reading what they're doing, too, how many hot dogs they're getting. And he's trying to keep track Jeez. of that and how much he's doing, you know? Yeah. Because so, uh, I think it was two years ago or whatever, they messed up the count from one of his opponents, you know. His opponent was like 10 hot dogs off. They forgot the count. But Joey was oh, like, wow. yeah, no, they screwed up his count. It was, it was a lot closer than what people thought. That's why I had to keep going. <laughs> Yeah, Joey Chestnut. I know, man, poor guy. If only, like, what do you think gets you into hot dog eating contests? It's not just hot; it's competitive eating. He has a bunch of other records too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does. Uh, the whole genre, eating. competitive eating. Like, man, I don't know. I just—is there something about eating a hot dog <laughs> for him that's just like, man, I wish I could try eating seventies of these in ten minutes. I know, man, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, that is crazy. <sighs> okay, well, um, I think we're about about wrapped up here. So, um, any end advice for our uh, listeners, whether it's life advice, college, running, yeah. whatever you want. So, real quick, I hope I didn't come off as too arrogant or cocky throughout this podcast. It is very hard to do marathon. I put a lot of time and work in, and I do believe that anyone can do it too. Um, if you put your mind to it, you train right, you eat right, you... Uh, Take the right steps. Even if you've never run before, you don't consider yourself in shape right now, you can do it. Just start off slow. Don't burn yourself out. And uh, like I said earlier, strength isn't about what you can do, rather what you can overcome. Okay, that's at Warren's finest. That's his quote, not mine. But I love it. I have it hanging up in my room. And, uh, yeah, I had it hanging up in my locker senior year of high school and all that. And, uh, yeah, it just helps you get through tough times. So, um more general life advice real quick do what you love you know it's going to be so hard to do something that you don't love so do what you love i know it's real mm-hmm. generic but honestly after going to college i've learned you can't make someone do something that they don't like and expect them to do it well you just you can't you know you need to be doing something that you like and so find that and uh go off of that and uh that'll be it so thank you for having me, Jonah. All right, yeah, thank you so much for coming. I on, hope man. you will have really me back sometime. It. You know, this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, absolutely, this is a great first episode. I really liked it. I hope uh, the audience liked it too. Hope you guys enjoyed mm-hmm. talking with Mike and uh, hearing my voice occasionally too. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, I did a lot of talking there. No, that's the point of this. A lot this, of rambling. So. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. All right. Well, um, I think we're all good. Thank you very much again, Mike. All right, yeah, thank you. See you guys next time. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, once again, I want to say thank you to Michael for coming out and helping me uh, do this on a Monday. 
And another big thank you to a Mr. Kathan Ravenker for composing the music for this episode. I quite literally gave him three words of direction, and he somehow composed exactly what I was looking for. Um, so, yes, a big thank you to uh, Mr. Kathan. Um, thank you to University of Michigan, ISS, for lending out the equipment. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, tell me about it. If there's something you think we can do better. I know the room is kind of echoey. Um, I would also love to hear about that so I can make it better. Um, and if you really enjoyed it or enjoy what I'm trying to do here, I would really appreciate if you would uh, tell some friends. Maybe there's some stuff that people can learn. Um, but yeah, that'll be all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and I will let you all know when the next one's coming out. Have a great, great, great day.